ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय नारायण नमस्कृत रमचाइवनुरोधम देवी सरस्वती व्यास तथोजायादीर Before reciting the Shema Bhagavatam, which is the very means of conquest, we should first offer respectful obeisances unto the personality of Godhead, Lord Narayan, unto Narayan Narayan Visi, the supermost human being, to Mother Saraswati, the goddess of learning, and unto unto Shri Vyasadeva, the author. And from Shema Bhagavatam, third canto, pregnancy, or uh, what is it, the status quo? Now, what's the what's the title of this whole canto? Yeah, the status quo. Good guess. Chapter twenty-eight. No, chapter fourteen. Pregnancy of Deity and Deity in the evening. Text twenty-eight. Translation and purport by His Divine Grace A. C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada. Kind of a tongue twister in the Sanskrit. हसंति यस्याचरितम् हिदुर्बगा हसंति यस्याचरितम् हिदुर्बगा स्वत्मान्वतस्यादिदुषासमीहितम् स्वत्मान्वतस्यादिदुषासमीहितम् यार्वस्त्रमाल्यावरनानुलेपनाय Svabhojanam svatmatayopalalitam Asantiyasya charitam hidurbhaga Svatmanvatasya vidusasamihitam Yarvastramalya varananulepanai Svabhojanam svatmatayopalalitam I'm sorry. Svabhojanam svatmatayopalalitam Svabhojanam svatmatayopalalitam Was that twice or three times? Three times, I believe. Okay, you guys are up then. Asanti asya charitam hidur bhaga Svatmanrata asya vidusha samihitam Yayavastramalya bharana nulepanai Svabhojanam svatmatayopalalitam Asyantiyasya charitam vidurbhaga 
Translation, unfortunate, foolish persons, not knowing that he is engaged in his own self, laugh at him. Such foolish persons engage in maintaining the body, which is edible by dogs, with dresses, ornaments, garlands, and ointments. Purport. Lord Shiva never accepts any luxurious dress, garland, ornament, or ointment. 
But those who are addicted to the decoration of the body, which is finely edible by dogs, very luxuriously maintain it as the self. Such persons do not understand Lord Shiva, but they approach him for luxurious material comforts. There are two kinds of devotees of Lord Shiva. One class is the gross materialist, seeking only bodily comforts from Lord Shiva, and the other class desires to become one with him. They are mostly impersonalists and prefer to chant Shiva Hum, quote, I am Shiva, unquote. Or, after liberation, I shall become one with Lord Shiva. In other words, the karmis and jnanis are generally devotees of Lord Shiva, but they do not properly understand his real purpose in life. Sometimes so-called devotees of Lord Shiva imitate him in using poisonous intoxicants. Lord Shiva once swallowed an ocean of poison, and thus his throat became blue. The imitation Shivas try to follow him by indulging in poisons, and thus they are ruined. The real purpose of Lord Shiva is to serve the soul of the soul, Lord Krishna. He desires that all he desires that all luxurious articles such as nice garments, garlands, ornaments, and cosmetics be given to Lord Krishna only, because Krishna is the real enjoyer. He refuses to accept such luxurious items himself because they are only meant for Krishna. However, since they do not know this purpose of Lord Shiva, foolish persons either laugh at him or profitlessly try to imitate him. Om Ajnanatimarantasya Viranjana Shalakaya Chakshurun Militam Jina Tasmai Sri Gurave Namaha Sri Tetanya Manobishtam Stapitam Jina Bhutale Svayam Rupa Kadamayam Dadati Svapadandikam Pandeham Sri Guru Sri Utapadakamadam Sri Gurum Vaishnavam Scha Sri Rupam Sagrajatam Sahagana Raganatan Bitam Tam Sajivam Sadvaitam Savadutam Parijana Sahitam Krishna Chaitanya Devam Sri Radha Krishna Padam Sahagana Lalita Sri Vishakan Bitam Scha He Krishna Guruna Sindhanina Vanda Jagatpate Gopesha Gopika Kanta Radha Kanta Namostute Tapta Kanchana Gaurangi Radhe Vrindavaneshwari Vishavanu Sute Devi Pranamami Hadipriye Panchakalpa Turuvyascha Prabhasindu Nivacha Titanam Bhavanevyo Vaishnavivyo Namonamaha Jaya Sri Krishna Chaitanya Pranitananda Sri Arvita Gadadhar Shivasadi Gauravaktarinda Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare 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 Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare Unfortunate, foolish persons, not knowing that he is engaged in his own self, laugh at him. Such foolish persons engage in maintaining the body, which is edible by dogs, with dresses, ornaments, garlands, and ointments. So uh, Bhagavatam is right from the onset 
establishing pure devotional service, completely rejecting all religious activities that are materially motivated. And um, here we're showing some deviation from that path, and that's part of the science of bhakti is to understand not only what is bhakti, but what is not bhakti. And Krishna does this throughout the Bhagavad Gita. He, he describes karmis, jnanis, yogis, and involvedis, the devotees, are the best. So this is just like in, in uh, a dictionary, if you want to learn the meaning of a word, there, there's the definition, and there are synonyms, and then there are antonyms. So sometimes to, to contrast what something is not helps us to understand it more. So here, Lord Shiva, who is one of the Mahajans, um, and the greatest Vaishnava, the 12th canto, describes Vaishnavanam, Yatha Shambhu. Uh, he is teaching through his example this principle of renunciation. Um, but the highest renunciation is not just to give things up, but to return them to their proper owner. So this is Lord Shiva's mood. And um, he's often, as, as is the case with the Lord, who's not understood when he descends, so also the pure devotees, they're also misunderstood. So here the foolish people, they laugh at him, or they foolishly try to imitate him. So... Um, in the purport, Prabhupada talks about there are two types of devotees of Lord Shiva. First, the karmis, who are after material comforts, and the jnanis, who are after being frustrated by trying to enjoy the material world, the jnanis want to give up the material world. And this is sort of epitomized by the principle of raga and dvesha, attachment and aversion. So the karmis, they're attached. They want to enjoy material sense gratification. The jnanis are also attached, but it's the flip side of the same coin, aversion. They're burnt out trying to enjoy the material world, and they, they see the futility of it. So they want to enjoy the relief of the distress of material life and then perhaps, or not perhaps, but then merge into this, you know, Brahman effulgence. So Prabhupada oftentimes, you know, when he defined pure devotional service, he, he quotes Rupa Goswami's Anyabhi Lasitashunyam Jnana Karma Inaritam. So these two weeds in the devotional garden, karma and jnana. So that's being brought out here, that, that the, and to, to give us, again, to, to contrast what pure devotional service is not, so that we can be aware of these weeds in our own heart. So the Bhagavatam is filled with these descriptions which are to educate us to, in our progressive spiritual life. So Prabhupada described that 
the Mayavad philosophy or the Gyanis, they're this like sour grapes philosophy. The you know the old the old story of the fox was was going to uh, try to get the grapes that were on the high branch and he couldn't jump up high enough. So he said, "Oh, they're probably sour anyway." So, so this is the the dvesha, the aversion. Um, and in the seventh chapter of Bhagavad Gita, Krishna describes the descent of the of the soul into the material world is is based on uh, icha and dvesha. And icha means desire, and in the purport, Prabhupada describes this desire to be the Lord. And then the dvesha is his envy or his hatred towards the Lord. So this is, in a nutshell, material existence. And the effect of it is manifest eventually in karma and jnana, in all these different versions. I was speaking with David, the heart our friend, the harp player. And Krishna, in Bhagavad Gita, he doesn't talk about religious traditions, but he talks about different categories of persons, different levels of consciousness, principally the karmis, the jnanis, yogis, and the devotees. So you can see within all religious traditions, there are karmis, jnanis, and mystics, and bhaktas in all religious traditions. So. Prabhupada emphasized Krishna consciousness is a science. And if we're able to present appropriately, then we're, we're not sectarian. You know, we're just presenting spiritual science, different types of consciousness. So, um, Also in the seventh chapter, well, what, what I wanted to bring out is in, in terms of our execution of devotional service and the influence of karma and jnana, because there, there's this term karma mishra bhakta and jnana mishra bhakta, mixed devotional service. So karma mishra bhakta, that may be easier to understand in the sense of, you know, we're just uh, approaching Krishna as, as the Shiva devotees are approaching Krishna or Shiva for material comforts, we can also be worshiping Krishna for some material facilities, which is, it's not bad in one sense because Krishna talks about the four types of pious people who approach him. And he calls them, they're all magnanimous. But the, but the jnani, you know, the, the one who's um, less, more or less unmotivated is, is better. Burijan Prabhu talks about the uh, three Sakama devotees, the Arta, Arta Arti, and the Jigyasa are Sakama devotees, and the uh, Jnani is a Nishkama devotee. So, um, in the purport, in, in, in also visiting chapter 7 in Bhagavad Gita, text 19, in the purport, Prabhupada describes that in the beginning of spiritual life, while one is trying to give up one's attachment to materialism, there's a leaning towards impersonalism. So how does that manifest in our lives? So our attachment to karma could be in the sense of I want material facility in, in exchange for my devotional service. 
and it may not be gross material facility, it may be on a subtle level, I want respect. Everybody wants to be appreciated and respected. So let me, let me, within any given society, there are things that are valued and appreciated. So within the devotional society, uh, knowledge and renunciation are very much appreciated. So, so one may be motivated for personal gain to become very knowledgeable and become very renounced because those things are appreciated and respected. So that's a level of karma. And jnana, so that's raga, that's, that's attachment. Now, dvesha is aversion, and as we talked about this impersonalism, so, so Prabhupada is indicating in that purport that in the beginning of spiritual life, there's a leaning. While one is trying to give up attachment, there's a leaning towards impersonalism, and that's manifest in aversion. And that was one of the more, I don't know if you want to call it trendy, but in the less mature days of ISKCON, it was typical to speak very disparagingly about the non-devotees and the... Um, my, my Guru Maharaj said that on morning walks, the devotees would oftentimes bring to Prabhupada's attention what what the latest craziness that the materialists were engaging in and wanted to you know get Prabhupada's comment on it. And and one time the devotees said, now they're doing this, Prabhupada, now they're doing that. And this and Prabhupada said, he stopped him and said, he said, actually they're they're not bad. They're just misled. They're they're mostly good. They're just misled. You know, so but that this this tendency to be averse is is a type of impersonalism. It's not you know I'm going to merge into the Brahman effulgence version, but it's this aversion to be uh, to be to be not caring, to not be compassionate is impersonal because they're all very dear, all living entities. Are very very near and dear to Krishna, and I and I experienced when I was riding the bus now when I go to work. There's a lot of disheveled folks, and I thought, why am I disturbed by them? Is because they're they're disturbing my sense gratification. I want to live and be in a nice clean environment, and you know, with beautiful people, and this and they're they're raining on my parade. Why am I disturbed by them? But the, they're, they're actually near and dear to Krishna and, and the, the whole idea that, you know, the, the body is just superfluous and that Krishna is present and as a super soul and integral and, and Krishna is the living entity. So I was, I was just realizing, wow, this is really, you know, I used to rag on Tucson a lot, you know, yeah, it's so low class. And crummy roads, and you know, and I just thought this is just a version, you know. And in in Bhagavad Gita, there's a real theme of equanimity, about being equipoised in duality, because that's the precursor to devotional service. Brahma Bhuta Prasanatma, Nasojati Nakangsiti, Samasarveshu, to be equipoised, Samasarveshu to be equal towards everyone, to not see in terms of the bodily, you know, condition. 
uh, Bhagavatam Lavatekaram that that from that Brahman realist realized position one can then take to devotional service uh, free from karma and jnana not to be attached and not to be averse so that, that that's the Brahman platform so uh, and in the second chapter of Bhagavad Gita, let's see if I can remember the Sanskrit, Raga, Dvesha, Vimukta is to uh, Indrayan, Vishayan, Indrayas, Charan. What's the third line? Atma, Veshar, Yatma, Prasadam, Adhparigachati. You can attain the complete mercy of the Lord if you become free from attachment and aversion. So, again, that's the Brahmabhuta platform. So, um, and also I, I was thinking about this principle of reverse engine, oh, well, before I forget, Prabhupada's pranams, um, you, you know, nirvishesha shanyavari pastita desatarne, this Prabhupada came to deliver the Western words which are filled with voidism and impersonalism. And I think it was Amapati Swami, he was talking about in the early days when Prabhupada was, because he had an affinity towards Buddhism, he and, uh, who else was it? Hayagriva? The whole gang. The whole gang, the Mats, what do you call it, the Matsri? So Prabhupada was hammering, you know, so much on impersonalism. And, and uh, there was one instance where Prabhupada was, um, he almost like shouted it out of them, he said, they, he was, um, he kept on saying, you know, Krishna's a person, Krishna's a person, Krishna's a person. <laughs> and it was just like they were getting, and he just sort of like beat it out of them, this impersonalism. And, but there was some realization, he said that, why is Prabhupada talking about the impersonalist so much, you know? And then he realized, because we're these impersonal, we're the impersonalists. So... But how that impersonalism manifests, again, is especially in this avesha, this aversion, and, and also we could, we could um, trace it out to our, our aversion towards uh, the second level of devotional service, madhyama adhikari, is, is, you know, the prakrita, the neophyte devotee, you know, is very reverential towards the deity and the spiritual master. But the Bhagavatam defines the, the neophyte is, is, does not behave properly towards other devotees and other living entities. Whereas the Majjhima, four categories, his love is uh, directed towards the Supreme Lord, and he's very friendly toward all devotees. He's very compassionate to the innocent, and he avoids the, the envious. So this um, principle of aversion again, or you know, avesha, that to be uh, who is it? Was it in the CC? Was it there's that verse that says that if you don't become joyful when you see a Vaishnava, you know, you're committing an offense. So, um, and 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 also the the innocent, you know, if we're disturbed, you know, by the, you know, if we if we feel either attracted or averse, either one, oh, they look really good, you know, on the bodily platform, or I don't like their bodily dress, you know. Uh, it's just 
it's the complete, uh, it's just the indicative of a, of a neophyte level. And as the saying goes, if the shoe fits, wear it. So if we find ourselves being disturbed or attracted, you know, to bodies, averse or attracted to material bodies, then, uh, you know, we can understand, you know, we've got some progress to make. Okay. I, I made a, not a vow, but I thought I'm going to stop by 8.35, but it's 8.33, because I wanted to follow in the footsteps of Aisheshika Prabhu, who asked for reflections. Because uh, I was reading in the CC, a prophet said that Krishna is very pleased when the devotees share their realizations. It's very pleasing to Krishna. Yes, dear Dr. Prabhu. My intention is not to counteract what you're talking about, but to offer a slight alternative view on <clears throat> um, finding distasteful, gross exhibitions of the mode of ignorance. Uh, there was one time in Mayapur, in the early days, Prabhupada was taking a walk along the boundary wall, and there was one bathroom there that was very filthy. And it smelled really bad. Prabhupada said, what is this? And they said, oh, Prabhupada, that's the Bengali toilets. You know, we don't use those. And, and Prabhupada said, you are blind, you cannot smell. He says, he says because you, you don't, you, you're in the mode, so you don't mind if it's dirty. But Prabhupada couldn't tolerate being dirty and smelly. He, he wanted it to be cleaned up. So... Um, there's another aspect of that where you may see some manifestation of the mode of ignorance, for example, the people on the bus and whatever, and you're, <clears throat> may not, uh, you find it distasteful because you don't want to associate with that type of energy. So therefore it is disturbing, you would like things to be, um, you know, properly done, properly maintained, people properly bathed and dressed. So that is also a sign that one is evolving as well, because he can no longer, just, just to be around that manifestation, it's not pleasing at all. Uh, so there's another side to that, I think, you know, aside from Brahma Buddha and all that, but you want to see things done nicely. Uh, and, and uh, like around the temple, if something is dirty or not arranged nicely, then uh, Prabhupada would see things and point it out, tell the devotees to take care of it and fix it. He'd say, you may be blind, but I can see. So maybe the, the classic example, you see some garbage on the ground, you just walk by, oh, some garbage. No, but oh, pick it up, clean it up, it's Krishna's property. So you want to see things done as nicely as possible, where you, and especially where you can have some influence by doing it taking care of it, or at least, you know, uh, letting someone who's in charge of that department know that, you know, this is not being done nicely, it's unsightly or unclean, and we should take care of it. So there's that aspect also, which is, it's not exactly that you're just on the platform of attachment or aversion, but you're on the platform of attachment to Krishna, and then you want to see everything done nicely for Krishna, not just when you see some Something that's not right, you just walk by and say, oh, forget it. 
But no, take care of it. Good point. Thank you. Yes. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Sorry, sorry. All right. Or that you walk by and it's just it just offends you. The reason Prabhupada was so because Prabhupada just saw Krishna everywhere. He wanted it wasn't Krishna conscious to be filthy. It wasn't just mode of goodness against the mode of ignorance. That when you're Krishna conscious, then everything else is included. So that was the center of his response was Krishna. It wasn't as Dira said. It wasn't just some competing mode of nature. Well, also a, Bra a Brahmana, he doesn't like to see things unclean. Right. So he rolls up his sleeves and cleans it. Right, but a Vaishnava sees Krishna. Krishna doesn't like this. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's not disturbing your own sense gratification. Yeah, You're disturbing better. Krishna by having an environment which is right. Thomas, Tomasic. You want sattvic because that's the stepping the springboard to Sudha Sattvic. You know, we're we're enjoying to to operate on a sattvic level. Just like when I walk out to do my jump work. Because I've expressed how, uh, for the first time in so long, I feel proud to be associated with where I'm living. <laughs> so I, I pick it up because I want a nice presentation of, of Krishna consciousness here. You know, and that's enlivening. Otherwise, I may just walk by it out of laziness, or I might just pick it up for myself because I don't want to be associated with a filthy place. <laughs> But when you, when you think it's, this is Govinda's, then that cures everything. Thank you. Atul Govinda Prabhu. Continuing on along that theme, uh, like it depends on, that, on the context. Like one of the tsunamis tells a story about how the devotees couldn't tolerate the smoking in the airport. And then Prabhupada um, said, you can't tolerate what's the difference between uh, us and them that we have to tolerate. So like in particular situations where people are just being controlled by the modes of nature, then it doesn't make any sense to like get offended in our mind or something because we're just being controlled by the modes. So in that situation, like Prabhupada demonstrated being very tolerant in the beginning with the devotees, helping them come up, elevate their consciousness. And then I was also thinking about another point is that uh, appreciating aesthetic beauty in regards to Krishna, like Prabhupada had famous story where the brahmacharis were turned away from this uh, statue of a woman, a naked woman, and Prabhupada was looking up at it. He was just looking at it. And they were like wondering why it's Prabhupada. And Prabhupada said, Krishna is so creative or, or something like that. And Krishna, he was just seeing Krishna. He wasn't seeing, he wasn't attached to a form for his personal enjoyment. He was just seeing Krishna as such a wonderful creator, right? Like that. In that uh, smoking example, it was it was on an airplane, right? It was an airport. Airport, and because Prabhupada knew if he made if he made, if he made a fuss, it would have just been a fight, us against them, and it would have been favorable. So he just okay opportunity to practice tolerance. Remember Bhakti Purushottam Swami, he was he was giving a talk once and he was you know, because Prabhupada was willing to tolerate the hippies, you know, we were saved, you know, if Prabhupada wasn't willing to live 
and Bowery and, and tolerate all the obnoxiousness. And, you know, the bums who were, you know, drunk and, and you know, Prabhupada would respect them, you know, and, and none of them had ever been treated with respect. So they opened the door for Prabhupada, yeah. you know, the drunks and... Yeah, but they're both, uh, it's like the whole point of, the, you know, bringing out these different nuances. Did you have something? Uh, I was going to make a similar point to what Atul Govinda was stating. Um, basically, that uh, based on context, I mean, in the service of preaching, I think that um, there's so many things that have to be tolerated. Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati said that you have to shed so many gallons of blood just to make a devotee. So it's a definite austerity. But then within your own personal sphere, living at home or living in the temple or just observing yourself, maintaining that high standard of cleanliness. So it's kind of two different spheres that I see, at least myself operating in. Sometimes preaching to people, okay, this is clearly not an ideal scenario. There are certain things here that you have to tolerate, but in order to just reach out to that person and make a connection, it's more important to make the connection than find a fault with how It's like a Prabhupada in Los Angeles. Prabhupada didn't, Prabhupada didn't want the, them to take out the pews of the church. He wanted people to be, and he, and he said they can leave their shoes on and come in and sit down on the pews. And my Guru Maharaj was actually in Prabhupada's personal association when he got a, is it an aerogram? Is that what you call them back in yeah. the day? Aerogram that they had torn out the pews and things like that, and Prabhupada took it through it. He was like disgusted, you know, like they're not listening to me, you know, and, um, yeah, so that's another example that, you know, we, we, you know, it's funny because not only in India, but in other cultures, like the shoes, the greatest offense is to throw shoes at somebody. You know, remember when George Bush was, they threw <laughs> shoes in him? I don't remember what country it was, but that's like, Iraq. That's like Maha yeah. offense, you know. So, uh, but I mean... I was talking to my sister because, you know, we did the George concert again and she was here last year for it. And, and I was talking about, you know, like we bring people in and, you know, they have to take their shoes off. And, and then we had prasadam, you know, it's like my shoes are out there and I'm walking around in my socks or bare feet. And it's, and it just, it's incongruous with making a comfortable environment for people to be able to assimilate the real thing of, you know, hearing and chanting about Krishna, taking prasad, like the other things are important as one progresses, but in the initially it's the yena, yeah. yena can't, you know, somehow or other get people to hear and chant, think about Krishna, the details of, you know, a sattvic life, which are important for us especially, but those are, those will come as one advances in spiritual life, you know, uh, I'm going to say automatically, but, but they, they're less important than always think of Krishna, never forget him, all other rules and regulations are subsidiary to, to, to that principle. So that's our, our motto somehow or other, uh, 
give people an opportunity, especially the hearing. You know, Prabhupada emphasizes so much that hearing is the most important uh, facet of devotional life. And, you know, hearing and chanting are two sides of the same coin. Somebody had to chant in order for you to hear. So there, but that's the, because it's stane, stita, shudikatam, you know, that, that if someone just does, don't change your position, just whatever position you're in, just hear about Krishna. And then things will all automatically come. And that's the, the whole principle of, of Vairagya and Vidya. Uh, Vasudeva Bhagavati Bhakti Yoga Priyojita. Uh, so Janati Yatu Yashvaryam Gyanam Chatyarvatikam that by engaging in devotional service one automatically acquires causes knowledge and detachment. And uh, and there's that verse in the is it the eleventh canto, the parade the Pareshu, the one about just as when someone eats, then, yeah, that 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 detachment or renunciation automatically follows. One engages in devotional service and knowledge, and um, so then it was Lord Chaitanya's, you know, the famous verse of Sarvabhauma Bhattacharya Vairagya Vijnana Bhakti Yoga. He came to teach, and then also this renunciation. I wanted to bring out that Lord Shiva is shunning. Beautiful dress, ornaments, ointments, and all that. But we read about or hear about the the inhabitants of Vrindavan were dressed really fancy for the festivals. But the the point is is that it wasn't for their own sense gratification; it was for the pleasure of the Lord. So Lord Shiva is teaching a particular type of renunciation, but the residents of Vrindavan are teaching the ultimate renunciation is that whatever is pleasing to Krishna, so if I have to dress up in fancy clothes, which I may not normally want to do because I'd rather just not take the time, you know, to dress up, but it's for the pleasure of the Lord, so I'll take that, you know, and then and then, and then Prabhupada talks about devotees free from duality because they only do what's pleasing to Krishna. What he ordinarily would do, if it's not pleasing to Krishna, he won't do it. And what he ordinarily wouldn't do, if it's pleasing to Krishna, he'll do it. So he's free from, like, the mental platform. Should I not, or should, you know, until it's pleasing to Krishna, I'll do it. And that's, that's the ultimate renunciation, is to giving, giving up the enjoying spirit, that I'm the master, no, I'm the servant. I just do whatever is pleasing to the master. And that's the whole, it's interesting in the chapter 13 in the Gita, when, you know, the Prabhupada gave the title, uh, Nature, the Enjoyer, and Consciousness. So, nature is Prakriti, the Enjoyer is Purusha, but there's only one Purusha, that's Krishna. Everything, everything else is Prakriti, is feminine. There's only one male, Enjoyer. Prakriti. But the illusion is that even though Krishna describes in the Bhagavad Gita that there are there there's the separated material energies and then there's the aparayamitasvanyam, there's the superior energy who's trying to exploit, but they're both prakriti. 
the living entity is superior energy, but, but they're both in the category of prakriti, feminine energy. But in, in illusion, the prakriti is trying to be the purusha. So that's the whole problem. And uh, so it, it's real renunciation is to renounce this desire to be the purusha, but not to just give up things that can be engaged in the service of the Lord and, and then you know cut this profile of being a renounced person of not accumulating things that could be used in the service of the Lord. But, you know, there are, you know, depending on one's level of advancement, in the beginning, Nectar of Devotion probably talks about, in the beginning, one may have to stay aloof from sense objects because of one's previous involvement. One becomes very distracted. But as one is advanced, we should be able to engage the material energy because Otherwise, we can't really preach on a wide scale. If we're just going to, you know, live in a hut, you know, on the bank of the Ganges or something, you're not, you're not going to be able to spread Christian consciousness all over the world. You may be very peaceful in your own life, but Prahlad Maharaj describes it. I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, that's not the mood of Prahlad Maharaj saying, um, you know, these, the, the yogis, they go off to the mountains and, and the jungles and they, you know, but I don't want to, I want to save the fallen souls. So that's a higher level of renunciation, but we have to operate according to what our level of advancement is. So we, there may be a point where, yes, we have to remain a little more aloof from our involvement with the material energy, but hopefully as we advance, we'll become, uh, more Krishna conscious and see everything in relation to Krishna and just see it as, you know, engaging it in Krishna's service. So that would that would be our our, our our ideal. And, you know, just like Prabhupada, he talked about the yogi shunning the money, you know, and then Prabhupada said, here's the picture of me, you should be, give me all the money so that we can spread Krishna consciousness. So, but it's an important point just to be honest with ourselves and like what level are we on, what capacity of Krishna or you know, what level of involvement we can be in in the material energy without becoming distracted from our internal meditation, just like Lord, Lord Shiva is absorbed in this internal meditation. You know? So I, my Guru Maharaj said, a devotee's life is internal. You know, our life is really internal, but because of our conditioning, you know, we're so involved, you know, and, and attracted and averse, you know, to external things, maybe someone has to remain a little aloof until one matures in his inner life, because that's what devotional life is all about, cultivating your relationship with the Lord in the heart. That's what Buddha Yoga means. Bodhi, Dhamma, Bodhi Yogam Tam. You know, Krishna in the heart enlightens one. It's the relationship with the Lord in the heart. Anything else? Yes, Prabhu. Uh, eatable and edible. <laughs> the word you say is eatable, and another word, edible. I looked it up. Eatable refers to something which may be pleasing or desirable to eat. Edible means something which is not poisonous. 
Okay, yes, <clears throat> um, In the Bhagavad Gita, I believe it's chapter 18, verses 20 through 22, it talks about those who are in the mode of passion that make the distinction, like the bodily distinction. And those who are, you know, very much in the mode of passion preaching. Um, preaching? Yeah, basically making the, the bodily distinctions, like creating that separation, that division. Whereas while, while, while preaching? Well, in any, I guess I'm using that as context since we're talking about going out. Okay. Um, it's very general. It's okay. Just in, in that understanding by which, just in the three, in the three modes. Yeah. And that knowledge by which. Yeah. Um, but Krishna also, he, if I'm not mistaken, he always talks about how in, in the advanced stage we see, that we see everything as Krishna. So therefore, when we go out to preach, like for example, if, if, I, if I'm striving to get to the, on the platform where I can see even the degradation that's around me as Krishna, and I, can, I, can, I guess I can approach it with, with a certain level of compassion, where I'm not so much trying to fault find, but I'm trying to pull out maybe the gold within, if that makes any sense, as opposed to, again, as Krishna is describing in those verses, someone who's trying to make all these uh, sort of like uh, divisions, if, if that makes any sense, or separations. Um, so I think that is, is the goal to strive to see everything as Krishna, as Krishna's energy, in, in a sense, you know, that everyone belongs to Krishna, even someone who is so degraded, even someone who is so entrenched in, in the modes that we can see that they're actually a devotee of Krishna, they're just covered over. Yeah, that's the Uttama Adhikari platform he sees. He's like that, and Prabhupada talks about, we can't imitate that, but yeah. we can aspire, right. aspire for that. That's, you know, because there's, in the purport, I talk about the pseudo-devotees who imitate Lord yeah. Shiva. So, the difference between imitation and following in the footsteps is following in the footsteps means you follow their instructions rather than just imitate their external behavior. Right. So, yeah, we can aspire, we should, we should follow the instructions of the Uttama Adhikari, but not imitate them. And, you know, like Lord Chaitanya was able to go to the forest of Jarikanda and get all the animals to dance, but if we go in there, <laughs> try to get the tigers, you know, we'll become prasadam for the tigers. <laughs> Yeah, so, so it, it uh, you got to, one time, I think it was Ranas Maharaj, he said, you know, humility, humility means just being honest, like where are we at, and not trying to act on a platform we're not on, then you just fall on your face. It, it, you can't sustain it, it's artificial. <clears throat>